Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So rugby is cancelled for the foreseeable future, along with pretty much everything else in life. We've learned this week there'll be no end of season for the championship uh, and every other division below the premiership. Where does that leave the likes of Newcastle and maybe even Saracens? And clubs are asking players to cut their wages. What would the game look like when it eventually does return? But even though there's no action on the pitch for now, one thing we can look ahead to is the Lions Tour. We'll be putting together a test team to take on South Africa in a year's time. This is The Ruck. I'm Lawrence Delalio and joining me, I'm glad to say from a safe social distance, are Owen Slot and Stephen Jones. Gentlemen, good morning to you both. So if, if, anyone's, if anyone's listening, which hopefully lots of people are, we're all sitting at home on a, on, on a, a remote dial-in and, um, and this is very new for us, isn't it, Jonesy? Oh, we seem to have lost Jonesy. <laughs> well, while we're waiting, Lawrence, have you got any spare eggs? Uh, funny enough, I, I did find some eggs today. <laughs> did you? Um, well done. That's a major achievement. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer in in, support, in these heady times and, and very worrying times in supporting local producers. So I'm doing my best not to go near supermarkets and try and just support the shops up the road, really. And uh, I went to Hand Parade and they... They had hundreds of eggs, yeah. Italians tend to be the ones okay. hoarding the eggs, if I'm honest. Is that right? I've never thought of Italians as particular egg hoarders. Well, to make pasta, you need eggs. So uh, there's no doubt that they, uh, you know, small delis that, that sell pasta will uh, will have hundreds of eggs. And well, there you are. The things you learn on the ruck that you hadn't thought of beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> go, go to your Italian for your eggs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. How is life in this in this new and worrying world that we're living in at the moment? It's just very strange, isn't it? It's it's making everyone feel very anxious, and uh, I just kind of hope that things like this podcast can can give people something to listen to and some maybe feel slightly brighter about. Um, uh, as I say, I've run out of eggs. I'm sure lots of people have got worse problems than that. <laughs> and Jonesy, uh, you're you're at home as well, I take it, and and, and obeying orders. Yeah, a bit orders and, and issuing some of my own. It, it is unbelievably frustrating, but obviously lot, lot these, on these occasions, you just think of uh, the people working so hard in the NHS and, and uh, everybody, you know, um, 
crashing together to try and uh, to try and sort things and all the mothers on Mother's Day, etc., uh, and all the people behaving incredibly sensibly, which is about ninety nine percent of the population. I think it's shame about the others, but it is an unbelievably bizarre time. And uh, you know, there's just hope there are people, uh, the people who are really struggling, uh, the aged and the uh, people with existing conditions and all. Let's just hope they all keep safe. I mean, clearly, one of the things that, that a lot of people are struggling with is, is their routine because it, it's been completely thrown out of, uh, out of, out of all sync. Um, I mean, my family have never seen so much of me in, in, uh, in the last 30 years, let alone in the last three days. So, uh, <laughs> and I'm sure, um, I'm sure I, I speak on behalf of the nation when, uh, when, when I just say, you know, getting used to being with each other and hanging out is... Uh, it's going to take a bit of. Uh, it's going to exactly that. Take a bit of getting used to, and uh, I'm I'm sure there's, you know, there's looking at social media and reading some of the things that have been written. You know, for for sports men and women um, around the country who are used to uh, being, uh, you know, having those routines, being active on a, on a daily basis. Um, you know, it's going to cause a lot of um, anxiety. I would imagine. I mean, not just for sports men and women, for for everyone really, uh, just to have that routine thrown out of the window. However long this goes on for, what's called uh, in inverted commas the lockdown, I, I think if we sort of knew that on uh, you know August the first or two thirty we could all stop and go back to normal, but you know even that may be an incredible gradual process, and that's too much to ask. So it is the uncertainty, and um, uh, and you know it, it, I think people get really wound up when they see beaches in Brighton packed full of people you know i just don't understand that so um no, it's 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 a tough one but uh, it's it's just a, a hurdle to be jumped i think jo jonesy i'd just like to ask you what, what's it what's the experience like for the rest of your family living with you full-time i mean is, is that is that a trial or is that something that that um that competition winners would pay for i've not actually asked them because whenever i go into a room they all go into a different room in um in the <laughs> In the uh, in the hope that they're saving themselves, um, unbelievable bossiness. If you even give the tiniest cough <laughs> without having a huge blanket of handkerchief in front of you, they go cough. And so the, you know, and everything like that. And I've been told to wash my. If I wash my hands every time I was told to, I would have dissolved by now. So they go on. They go on a bit. But um, I, I, I put it up a bit and. Um, I won't get any food if I don't um, do what they say. So that's all, all I can do. Really. And, and, and Slotty, um, you know, having well, I mean, we've, we've all got we've all got kids, but you know, mine are slightly uh, uh, slightly older than the most. I mean, when you've got slightly younger kids, what are they keeping themselves entertained with? My, my youngest is, is sixteen, and, and and he's got up this morning to to sort of go to school in his bedroom. That is sort of a go online and follow the follow his online teaching and. He said, that's what he says he's doing. Um, I, I don't know if we're supposed to check, um, but 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 that's that that's just kind of weird. As you say, this new routine when you're getting up to go to school, which actually means you're getting out of bed and, and, and switching on your laptop. Well, there is one diversion that, that I found, and that was um, I don't know if you know, but I'm sure you do. That World Rugby is showing um, games in full, classic games in full from well, not not so much the old days, but but past times and. They kicked off with the quarterfinal of the 1991 World Cup between France and England in Paris. One of the mm. most fiercest 
dirtiest games of all time, after which the French coach um, accosted the referee, David Bishop. I tell you what, it was absolutely fascinating because so much has changed. I mean, the scrums took about five seconds to form. The lineouts were sort of thrown in straight. Uh, the ball was 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 whizzing this this way and that, and there were none. Of, there's none of this sort of taking it round the corner in endless little tiny mini racks. Obviously, the standards of some things was, weren't so good because uh, the guys were still amateurs and maybe the fitness wasn't so good. And apparently, uh, before this quarter final, they'd all been to Jersey and, and drunk themselves silly. But it was a fascinating comparison. I, I can tell you that not everything about the the game in those days was inferior to what it is now. It really no, was. I, I agree with that. I did watch it, actually. Uh, and what a fantastic game of rugby, just in terms of the theatre. Um, I'd, I'd say that, you know, in the, in the modern game, that there'd be a fairly long rap sheet looking at some, some, some of the tackles and some, some of the incidents that took place. I'm pretty sure most of the players found the ball a bit of a distraction, really. Uh, just, just one more classic, you know, the, the line-out was phenomenal. It had Wade Dooley and Paul Ackford. They won almost every line-out. And the way they did it was, there's no lifting then. They just jumped straight across into their opponent with, with, uh, with their inside arm and whipped the ball back with their outside arm. And Wade Dooley was absolutely <laughs> dominant. Do you think that the, the line-out was actually ever improved by lifting? Or did, or did lifting become the thing just because it was impossible to police against it? The idea was to try and make it a bit safer, bizarrely. But, um, you know, the thought of lifting people, you know, 10 foot in the air, making it safer is... Uh, I'm not sure, really. And I've noticed actually on uh, on on social media that Jonesy, yourself, and uh, and Stuart have been have been coming up with some sort of uh, content titles of of things to sort of reflect on. You know, your best ten captains, your best ten flyers. Yeah, we we we. It's going to be called top tens. It's every Sunday, and we start. We kicked off this week with our top ten. Captains like Barnsley does his top ten. I do mine. It was going to be a bit of fun because then all the people who respond um, ostensibly are, are people who get there online. Therefore, they're Times members. Therefore, they're going to be really nice to us. Absolutely yeah. wrong. We got a massive savaging from all our all our readers. People were incensed at some of the stuff we did and all that. But Lawrence, well, you even more than people. usual. No, no one even more than usual. You know what? Lawrence would be pleased, pleased that uh, I had him really high up there on the great leaders. Barnsley hardly mentioned him. So I've already said to Barnsley, Lawrence is looking for you, Barnes. It's Mr. and Mrs. Delalio he used to have to worry about, not, not, uh, not yeah. Lawrence. There was one glaring omission that surprised me somewhat from your top 10 captains. Uh, and I was just curious why Willie John McBride wasn't on that list. I suppose now and again, um, uh, and I'm not saying this in Willie John's case, in my mind, uh, the legend has overtaken the reality. That goes for, for, for quite a few players, I think. did a lot of research for a book once about that too and spoke to almost all the players. Incidentally, we found, we found a couple of things. First of all, some of the legends didn't quite match up. And secondly, the famous 99 call, we interviewed everyone in that party and we could not find one person who'd ever heard it called. <laughs> that Come is serious. On. We said, how on the 99 call? And I, was, yeah. I went to Ian McGee, he said, well, he said, I think I think, I, I think I did hear it. Oh, did I? And then J.P.R. Williams said, oh, no, I'm sure I heard it once. You could not find anyone whatsoever on that tour who once called 99 or heard it called. So I guess... So, that's so you, just, you've just, ke you've just killed off... A decade's yeah, worth, of, two, three decades worth of after dinner speeches in one swift sentence. I know. I'm sorry about <laughs> that, but you know, we're trying to find the truth. There. 
I just think sometimes the re- the reality is not as big as the legend. Gents, if we, I mean, I know it's uh, it's easy to look back, but if we fast forward now, um, take to, to take us a year from here, we would be three months from the start of of, uh, of next year's Lions tour. Of course, the first game on Saturday, the third of July, against uh, the DHL Stormers in Cape Town. Can we start to speculate now as to uh, as to what Warren Gatland's trip might look like and, and what his tour party might look like? You know, there's no way that Warren is going to go anywhere other than a power game, surely. I mean, England came second in a power game in the World Cup final. I, I, I think that anyone, it's almost like anyone who's less than sort of six foot four and 24 stone is, is going to struggle to make it. I think we've got to, if we're picking a team now and it's going to be there in, in a year's time, it's got to be power based because they will, uh, they will play with massive power, the home team. As complicated as people like to make rugby, I think the South Africans, particularly in the World Cup, you know, did did demonstrate to the world that uh, actually the, the set piece is still a huge factor in the game. And you know, size and, uh, and and sheer power um, has a huge has a huge bearing as well. Um, if you're able to manage it correctly, the All Blacks managed to beat them because they shifted the ball only twice, maybe in the game, um, and were so clinical with the way that they finished those tries. But you know, as you say, they they've got so many big men, and and that hasn't changed really over over many many years. Although. Be interested to see Warren Gatlin's now, of course, in, in, in Waikato in New Zealand. And, you know, whilst the game is about power, the handling, the offloading and the speed and the transition will be uh, will be part of that as well. Yeah. So go on then, who wants to get cracking with a, with a, with a, with a Lions pack? OK, well, so um, my front row is, is based pretty much on, um, on Jonesy's uh, uh, statement about power. It's got to be a power front row. So... Um, Many would say that Mako Vunipola is the um, is the number one loose head in the world, but I would keep him on the bench and I would start with Joe Marley, your superior scrummager. Set piece counts. Um, uh, the um, uh, the Scottish uh, loose head Rory Sutherland was outstanding in the in the Six Nations. So who knows what what will happen to him in the next twelve months? But at the moment, I'd have uh, Joe Marler as my loose head. I think Jamie George is is the standout uh, hooker at this stage still, even if he was slightly quiet during the during the Six Nations. And um, if you're looking at tight heads, then I think it's a it's a competition between Tyg Furlong and and um, Kyle Sinclair, and uh, again, power wins, start with Furlong, and, um, and and have Sinclair on for the last 20, 25 minutes, when, when if the game opens up a bit. What do you think about that, boys? Do you know what, Shadi, I don't agree with that. First of all, Joe Marler was unbelievably quiet on, the, on his only Lions tour, and some people just do not like and do not thrive in that environment. And I think that uh, Joe is, is a tremendous character, a tremendous player, although his character can spill over. But down there against that lot, uh, I just think you need someone who can, uh, like, like sort of the, the beast, he can scrummage and also move. And I, I definitely go for Rory Sutherland because I think he's the, he's the forward of the Six Nations. I think he's just completely and utterly, he's got the sort of animal about him. And Mako Vanipola is just uh, a sensation and would thrive on a Lions tour. So those are my those are my two loose heads, and I wouldn't have Joe in that. Um, also, I, I think that Hooker, Jamie George, definitely. But don't forget these two Scots guys. I mean, they got two absolutely tremendous, uh, tremendous hookers. So uh, I think Jamie George will have a, will have a battle there. I don't disagree with uh, with, with any of that. 
I haven't seen Warren Gatland talk much about the Lions in, in the last few months, but when he was asked, I think he, Jamie George was certainly a player that he name-checked in terms of, uh, you know, thinking ahead. Um, you know, and with him being a, a former hooker himself, Warren Gatland, I think that those two seem to strike a, a good relationship. I don't think, you know, as much as the Scots are coming through, that, that the rivals in this position are, are jumping off the, the conveyor belt, really, to challenge the likes of a Jamie George um, you know, Ken Owens may be a little bit done done by by then, the age of thirty five. I don't know. I'm not trying to write him off. And I guess one of the biggest calls for me will be at Tighthead. Ty Furlong is uh, is obviously you know absolute world class. Although he hasn't he hasn't necessarily been been playing his best rugby over the last twelve months. Neither of a chunk of his teammates really. But he he for me is still the the standout. Obviously, Carl Sinclair, you know, could could potentially run in close. And I think it showed what England missed in South Africa when he had to leave the field so early, even though the, the Saffirs talk about targeting him. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't see much change to that to that front row. I think it's uh, it's pretty solid. But uh, I think if the World Cup final shows us anything, you know, you've, we've got to take this set piece incredibly seriously indeed. You mentioned Walters um, from, right from the back of the field, and there, there will be some uh, guys. I, I think up front as a long shot, I think Reese Carey, uh, of Saracens of Wales will will develop into a great player, but to 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 have played in a World Cup semi final at the age of I think nineteen suggests he, he will be, and I just think he has got a great chance of of being a bolter or at least being the fifth or sixth prop in the squad. So that's just just one name I'm checking in. Second row now. I mean, clearly the the, the Northern Hemisphere is packed full of wonderful second row options. Um, England alone have always um, have always had a galaxy of, of those types of players, um, and obviously, um, you know, we know with the sort of distinction that the great Alan Wynn has led previous Lions tours. But really, gentlemen, I, I ask this, you know, hand on heart. I mean, Maratoji is in one shirt, I would say, and, and possibly even with the skipper's armband on as well. Given the powerful antidote that that might be to. Um, see Khaleesi's style of captaincy and then again even though he hasn't didn't have his best Six Nations for me James Ryan is the real leader of this Ireland side for the next three or four years moving forward so can you see anyone rivaling those two for, for a starting berth? I think the, the conversation is around Alan Wynn isn't it? I mean he's he's the sort of warrior that you that you want in in those sort of circumstances but is that is that the Alan Wynn of a year ago? He's obviously running, coming to the end of his career and I don't think he was quite the man in the Six Nations that he was in the Six Nations a year ago when they won a, when they, when they won a Grand Slam. So as things stand, I would be with you, um, Lawrence on uh, on Marrow, who I think sort of uh, arguably one the, the arguably the best player in the world at the moment. I thought he was the player of the Six Nations, and and I would go with James Ryan as well. But see what Alan Wynn has has left in him because I mean he he wants to captain that Lions tour. I don't think he's going to, particularly after the way he finished the um, the England Wales game. I don't. Think that endeared him to the broader uh, Lions squad. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. But uh, let's let's see if there's anything left in the in, in the heroic Welshman yet. I don't think there'll be a selection issue there because Alan Wynn will know exactly whether he has got enough in the tank or not. And I think he'll either put himself up for selection, by which in which case he will he will play because he'll know himself. And I think it's probably just six to four against uh, him being there. It would have been lovely if he was in his peak. But I agree with Lawrence's too. Although two more names I would throw in. I think George Cruz has had an excellent season. Just to guarantee lined up ball. And maybe going back on 
what I said uh, about big men, but I just think that Devon Toner is a guarantee of line-out ball. He may not be the biggest or the heaviest or the hardest, but I think if you can, a bit like Victor Matfield, who wasn't the biggest either, if you can guarantee line-out ball in a test match, um, or at least bring someone on to guarantee it, I think it's a yeah. it's a possibility. So, uh, But apart from that, Marowitoji, captain for me, James Ryan, what could be better, George Cruz to push him all the way. Now, this is always going to be a, a, an interesting selection, the, the back row, and, and again, you know... The... A lot will, de- will will depend on on what happens in with with the tight forwards in front of them. So many, so many good back row players across all the four home unions. You know the emergence of of, of a Scottish back row again. Um, you know which uh, we haven't seen for a little while. I would say in the lion sense of the word, maybe poses a few questions. A number of players missing. You know with injury. Toby Fallatow not played a huge amount of rugby, but will only be. What is he? Thirty years of age, I think, or certainly uh, he, he's uh, he's not that old for sure. The likes of no uh, Billy Bunapola um, uh, for for large chunks of uh, of the last year as well. So, uh, gentlemen, where do we start? Slotty, is it as a bigger talking point as I'm making out? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, I, when I was writing this down, I end up with about twenty-seven names. I think it's uh, uh, by far the hardest uh, area to pick. I, I, w- I would have loved the the two um, the two Scottish flankers who, who you mentioned, um, Hamish Watson and, and Jamie Ritchie, but I don't, none of them, neither of them get into into my back three. Um, what to do with uh, Tom Curry and Sam Underhill, uh, who are both outstanding, both uh, separately and even even better. At times t- together, but I'd say this: if you can get Cordy Laws playing the way he played for England during the last Six Nations, then I think that is the sort of player you want playing for the Lions in South Africa. Going back to uh, what we stipulated at the beginning, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick him at six. Then I, I don't I'm not even sure if this all ties together because who's gonna win your ball? But anyway, uh, you, you need something else. You need some pace. You need some you, you need something that's that's gonna scare the South Africans and be different. Um, so I would have Justin Tipperick as my seven. Um, so I'm not going with with Curry or with uh, or with Underhill, which is controversial. Now the eight is the eight is the hardest thing I think. Um, and uh, for me, it's uh, we're slightly going on reputation. We don't know who's going to be fit. But but as things stand, there there are two outstanding eights in in, in Europe, uh, and that's that's Billy and uh, Billy Vudipola and, and Talupe Falatau. And I think you, you you get there this time next year and see who's the best one standing. It's going to be one of the two. Yeah, I agree. You've got to remember um, the last lines to what Falatau did there. I mean, you know, he, he completely obliterated Kieran Reid. I'm slightly anxious about uh, the way Falato's done this season because he'd had enough rugby to be a little bit more recognisable as himself. But I think with a, with a, with a close with a, with a mid-season or sorry with a closed season uh, pre-season prop, proper training, uh, I think I think he'll be a massive contender. Also, Billy, let's wish him no more broken arms, chaps, because those two down there will be absolutely sensational and will push each other all the way. So. It's going to be between one of those. I think Caelan Doris is a, a thrusting player from Ireland, but not yet in the uh, in the in the standard of those two. I don't think you can play both the England flankers there. I think um, Courtney Laws would be a great choice on the on the on the blind side if he keeps his form up. But here's one, Lawrence. Um, is there any way to build a really massive pack? You stick your toesy at six with with 
either Curry or Underhill or Hamish Watson and uh, and Falato at eight. Does that make a back row? I think Atoji has just been so good in in his position. And 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 let's be honest, whoever plays in the second row for for the Lions is going to have a massive job on their hands. Just just dealing, just outmanoeuvring their their opposite numbers. Let alone thinking about anything else. You know, if they if they if they won that that battle, that would go a long way towards winning the whole series. Quite frankly, so I I, I wouldn't be inclined to leave Itoji. Uh, I'd be inclined to leave him there. Uh, I I agree, and and I and I have changed my view. Courtney Laws's form has been magnificent, and I think it almost gives you the the extra line out forward that you need um, to really challenge um, South Africa because you need four four jumpers at least against South Africa. Um, and and Courtney Laws gives you that. I wouldn't discount someone like Aaron Wainwright um, coming back into the um, into the reckoning at some point. Uh, you know, clearly he was thrown into the World Cup and, and didn't let Wales down. Um, so I, w- I wouldn't discount him at six. But I think Courtney Laws is there. I do see a straight shootout between Tom Curry. Um, God willing, he'll play some more rugby at number seven over the next twelve months. Um, yeah. And uh, and he can uh, he he can go toe to toe with Justin Tipperick. I think he's shown. In New Zealand, that he can mix it with the best back row predators on the in, on the planet, um, and I think the competition will bring out the best in him. Uh, maybe even a fit again, Ellis Jenkins. Who knows? Um, could uh, could also stake a claim uh, along with the likes of of Hamish Watson. So, but I, but Curry for me is is one that I think Gatland has already name checked again, and I think he does like him a lot. And again, for, for me, I, I agree with you both, um, which is worrying. Falatau. <laughs> Even though he has a lack of minutes on the pitch, you know he's uh, he's a lightly run horse, if you know what I mean, in terms of uh, in terms of using that parlance. He's only thirty, uh, and I think he was the man in possession uh, due to Billy getting injured. Uh, he played, he started, I think, all three tests in New Zealand, uh, and I think that Gatlin will certainly um, have that credit in the bank. So uh, Doris is, a, is, a, is, a, is one to watch in that position. I do think he'll come through. Um, and I think, you know, Billy obviously has got the pedigree to do to, to play there. But, uh, you know, if there were two or three big games between now and the Lions tour, I'd like to see Billy really stand up and be counted in those games and, and come through as the, as the number one choice. I just, uh, just to retain the, our normal disagreements, chaps, I, I, I don't think that I think Justin Tipperick will really have to fight hard to get on that plane because Warren has never been his, his greatest fan, uh, always picked the bigger man. And I just think there, is some, there are some environments where even a player of such brilliant talent can be uh, almost rendered anonymous by the sheer power of, of people around him. And I think you've got to, you can't run around the spring box, you've got to take them on. And I got an idea that Underhill and Curry will be, and, and Watson would be a better trio uh, in, in, in Warren's mind. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Right, gents, clearly we know that 9 and 10 are going to take some picking as well and we're going to need some real guidance on who are the two players that, that are going to steer the lines around the, the pitch in South, in South Africa. Is it a, an obvious choice at 9 and 10 or am I missing something? I don't think nine's obvious at all, Lawrence. I think 10's pretty clear, but uh, I, th- I've, I think 9 is, is going to be Welsh, but but, uh, but there's, a, there's a few decent Welshmen, isn't it? Or, or are you suggesting that Conor Murray is straight back in because he hasn't had form for over a year? Well, I think there's no there's no clear front runner. Conor Murray was the incumbent, but will be what thirty two by the time the tour comes around. Not suggesting that that's that's old in any way, but it, certainly uh, the peak of his powers seem to have been uh, a little while ago. Reese Webb is, is someone who may come again. He will have opportunities, but I suppose Thomas Williams is 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 the name on everyone's lips at the minute. Everyone but me. So, so who is your nine then? I mean, I, I, well, I, I seriously find all, that one hard. What about you, Jonesy? No, first of all, I don't think um, Murray's going to be in the shaker. I think John Cooney will be the, I would have thought, would have been the England nine. Uh, sorry, would be the Ireland nine next season. And, and, good, and good luck to him because um, I think he's got a lot about him and he's got a chance to launch, to launch it. Don't forget they'll take three nines. But I can help uh, the Welsh selectors here. They've messed around for the whole season. With with uh, Reece Webb, who's a decent player, with Thomas Williams, who's a beautiful touch player, Gareth Davis as should have been the Welsh nine for every game they played. He 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 is not a classic, gloriously talented passer, etc. But he is the devil in, incarnate in terms of his approach. He's a third flanker, and I cannot understand why Wales keep on kicking him out in the World Cup. Remember those interceptions? He was just a force of nature. And away in South Africa, you wouldn't dare go down there without him. I agree with what Jonesy said on Cooney. I think uh, I would I would rather he played this whole season for Ireland. You can see why he didn't, but uh, I think Far- uh, Andy Farrell got his choice wrong by um, uh, sticking with Conor Murray. So uh, I think I think Cooney has has a lot and, and give him a whole season the Six Nations next year uh, God willing that we can play the thing I think I think he could contend but 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 as things stand it's going to be Welsh and Reese Webb possibly uh, Gareth Davis is your favourite Thomas Williams could come through really strong If we move over to the, the playmaker fly half um, I mean I guess the big question is Johnny Sexton 36 by the time the tour starts um, you know will he won't he be out of the equation in terms of uh, of what's required on the basis it's a very short tour and you don't need to play that much that many warm-up games uh, to be part of the test team uh, if any at all um, and it's a big decision for Gatland isn't it because uh, you know Farrell 
uh, or, or the choice of Farrell would would ease place kicking pressure on on any on on, on anyone as well. Um, it's hard to um, it's hard to see or imagine Alliance fifteen without Owen Farrell in there somewhere. And I guess the only conundrum that Gatland has is is the same one that Eddie Jones has. Really, do you pick him at centre or do you play him at you know from his where, where he plies his trade at number ten? I'm just fascinated. There's obviously other contenders like Finn Russell and, and one or two, you know, others that come into the uh, into the reckoning. But uh, what's your views on the on the ten guys and, and Sexton in particular? You know, Johnny Sexton is in the same position as Alan Wynne Jones. You would love to take him if he's on his best form, if he's if he's right on form and he's not shipping injuries and he's playing at his best. You would take Johnny Sexton at the moment. As I said with Alan Wynne, I think it's slightly odds against because he's not looked happy recently. Uh, and mm. 35 is that quite an age to play in the Lions Test series. So I think that uh, it's it it seems a bit cruel, but it's all up to Johnny Sexton. Uh, to find his best form and to prove that, you know, he's still got the appetite for it. Uh, Owen Farrell is in, indispensable, I think, in terms of where they play him. It's got to be 10 because uh, of the sheer physicality. Finn Russell, if he's if he's back in the fold by then. Dan Bigger has been the outstanding Welsh player this year. The, the man's physicality, the way he chases his own kicks has been phenomenal. But I, I've got a bolter here too. I mean, my choices would be Farrell and Bigger. I have got a bolter. I think Joe Simmons is coming through so rapidly, so rapidly, and he, he's going to become the next England great fly half. I think Joe Simmons could even enter the fray in the England squad this year and uh, split up the old guard of Ford and Farrell. I'd love to disagree with, with Jonesy, but but I, I think um, I think for once he's just said it all, really. I, I don't, do I don't think Sexton... <laughs> All right, Captain Sensitive over in Maidenhead. Um, uh, for, for once, he's got it right. I don't think Sexton will go. Uh, Farrell is 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 really indispensable. Bigger would be his would it be his backup? I think the, I think the intriguing thing is is what um, what Warren Gatlin would make of Finn Russell. Totally different type of player. The sort of player you suspect that uh, Garen might, uh, that Warren uh, would mistrust. I think that's the interesting one, but uh, yes, certainly um, Farrell one, bigger two, and uh, question mark the third. Yeah, I don't think Warren. I don't think he mistrusts many players. I don't think that's that, that's in his vocabulary really. I wouldn't discount Gareth Anscombe, by the way, just as a bolter as well. Fair point. He's not played a, a huge amount of uh, of rugby either, and I think uh, Gatland, you know, never really saw the best of him when he was in 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 a Welsh jersey just because of, of injury. So uh, let's, let's add it, him into there. And I suppose, um, like anything, you know, let's move straight into the midfield because, uh, you know, that is a, a jigsaw puzzle that, that largely depends on what happens uh, inside as well in terms of 10 and 12. Clearly, the great Irish pairing of, of, of Henshaw uh, and Ringrose haven't managed to uh, to come forward yet for, for in, in a Lions situation, but both players have got enormous amounts to offer. Um, the likes of, of Manu Tuilangi is another name that I'll throw in there. He's got this ability to to produce uh, his best rugby still, even at the age of only 30. Uh, and then, of course, Jonathan Davis. We mustn't forget him, who's three years older, but uh, certainly will be uh, will be there or thereabouts. So um, if we were suggesting that Owen Farrell might might pick up the 12 jersey, uh, he's certainly going to be a contender for me. Then maybe one of the Irishmen or, or two Lange or, or are there some names that I've missed off there? I wouldn't have thought they'd go Farrell at, at, at 12. They're, obviously, he's an option, Lawrence, but 
I just think that uh, he's not half as happy playing there as he, uh, as, as he used to be. But no. Manu Tuolangi would appear, especially on his improved form, to be made for it. Jonathan Davis, if fit, will, will, will certainly be there because he's just got a magnificent record with the Lions. But I've got another Irishman for you. Um, I, I think Ringrose is a good player. But I think this guy, Chris Farrell, it, it, again, is made for um, is made for South African conditions. He's quick, but he's absolutely massive, and he and he's rangy. And I think uh, he's got a great chance of going on that tour. So that's Chris Farrell of uh, uh, Manu Tuolangi, Jonathan Davis, and I just think that uh, the, I think the fifty twenty uh, law will be in by by that time, and I think that'll be good for Henry Slade because he's got such a good boot. And I think it, it, if there is going to be a twelve option, I think it'll be. Henry Slade because he can cover and be the third fly half as well. I think he's a great player. I think the twelve is cl- if remaining fit and on form. I think that the twelve would just be straightforwardly um, Manu Tuilagi and the supreme class of Jonathan Davis at thirteen would. I think that's just quite straightforward um, centre partnership. To be honest with you, um, Manu and Jonathan Davis. You'd have Henry Slade there also, and you'd have uh, you certainly have Robbie Henshaw as, as the two backups in those positions. But um, Manu and Jonathan Davis, uh, uh, I think, are a bit of a class above in that in that in that one. I think. Henry- Henshaw struggling for his best form. That's why I've got Chris Farrell. Also, I think they will not be happy with having Manu so close to the action, having to make so many decisions. I think I think he can he can play as a twelve wearing the thirteen jersey. But I just think in terms of being a, a, a ball player or not, I think Manu's got to be outside centre. I really do. Gents, let's move move back to uh, to the back three and, and try and wrap this up relatively quickly. Um, I mean, obviously, I know an enormous amount about. Wing play, so um, interesting, isn't it? Here, I mean, if you if you'd have said Josh Adams on the last Lions tour, people would have thought you'd um, you'd had a spear tackle and been dropped on your head. But uh, <laughs> you know, I think he 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 is he's had a meteoric rise, much in the same way as his his predecessor Jacob Stockdale did. Um, you know, maybe eighteen months before that. So I, I do think Josh Adams is a name that that we can justifiably. Uh, put down somewhere close to the left wing to start them to start um, and and Stockdale maybe one or two others and and if I go right wing I thought Anthony Watson again has been outstanding um, I thought he had probably the best World Cup of, of of many England players even in even in the performance in the in the final which uh, which England got thumped offers that kind of defensive solidity. Um, because they, they will be tested in the air by the South Africans and also alongside his ability to sort of sidestep. So I think Anthony Watson, for me, uh, on the right wing and I'm going to go Josh Adams on the left. I think Johnny May will start. I'm not sure whether Liam Williams or, or Stuart Hogg is my, is my 15, to be honest with you. You don't want to keep Anthony Watson out of the team. Um, I agree with everything you said, Lawrence, on, on his form, Six Nations and, and World Cup. I'll throw one name in, which I think... Warren Gatlin would love to come good. Eddie Jones would have loved to, him to have come good as well. Is um is Joe Cocker a singer? He, he'd be on my wish list. He wouldn't be on my starting list at the moment because we can't tell where he is. I would actually go with the two two English wings of uh, of Johnny May and um and Anthony Watson, and I'd have uh, Liam Williams uh, nudging ahead of Stuart Hogg as my fullback. Don't forget that the, the incumbent fullback in Test matches is Anthony Watson, as far as Warren is concerned. I, I, I just think that those plays will be slightly interchangeable. I think if you say, look, we're going to pick Anthony Watson uh, in the back three, and we're also going to pick Liam Williams, is just 
the most majestic um, catcher of a high ball and the, uh, and has got no nerves or self-preservation instincts. I think he, he's bound to go. Uh, I think Warren loves him and I also think he loves Anthony Watson. Also, I think if you've got those two there, if you played Elliot Daly, who could play in his wing position or his fullback position, then basically you've got everything covered. So in terms of full and fullbacks, uh, you've got three there who can all play there. And I would certainly consider Watson as a fullback because with the ball in the air, he's excellent as well. Just to finish on the fullback, I think that Liam Williams was the man in possession of the, uh, of the jersey, actually. He played, he started all three tests against the All Blacks uh, at fullback. So I think for me, he's the one that, that, that starts in that position. Clearly, a lot of people will be screaming for Elliot Daly and, and Stuart Hogg, probably even more so in, in South Africa in terms of their, their siege gum sort of boot, uh, particularly at altitude. But I think for me, Williams has got the edge. He is only going to be 30 when the tour to South Africa takes place, which is extraordinary, really. And uh, he, he is the, uh, the Lions starting fullback. Well done. That's brilliant, wasn't it? That was good, yeah. Should we send a copy of this rep to Gat so he knows where we're coming from? <laughs> My thanks to Owen Slot and to Stephen Jones. We will continue to make the ruck every Monday for as long as we possibly can. Stay safe, everyone. Stay well. And we'll be back next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter pretty litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness it's the world's smartest kitty litter Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.